Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show, which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen, see what you think. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Teaching unions are working against the interests of children in opposing plans to reopen schools according to a former education secretary, Lord David Blunkett, uh, said that he was deeply critical of the approach of teaching unions. Let's talk to Tom Richmond. He's a director of a company called EDSK Education Think Tank and a former advisor to education ministers. Good evening, uh, Tom. Nearly called him Richard. Uh, yes, Good Tom. Good evening. You weren't an advisor to uh, David Blunkett. No, I wasn't. I came a few years after him, but I, like everybody else, is watching the, his uh, comments very closely. As uh, what do you think of the intervention? Them? I, I mean, mean you was... don't have to be frightened of me. I mean, I might shout at you, but I'll, you know, I can't it's get fine, out thank of my you. little studio. He he's normally he was you know a very significant figure in in Tony Blair's time, but he's he's normally been quite quiet since then. He obviously feels very strongly about what's been happening over the past few days. So for him to make such a public uh, intervention is, is certainly, I think, indicative of how how he's feeling because this is becoming quite an emotional topic now. You've got the government mm. saying they'd like to reopen some schools, uh, particularly for younger pupils, and the teaching unions are saying at the moment they don't believe it's the right thing to do, and it's not clear um, what the resolution to that situation is going to be if the unions simply say, "Well, we're not willing to open these schools for you." Yeah. Well, um, and what do you think of that? I do understand why David Blunkett is so concerned, and he's not the only one, to be fair. The government are also very concerned, too. And I think they're most concerned about at the moment is about children from the most disadvantaged and deprived backgrounds. Uh, Gavin Williamson, who's the current Education Secretary, he said in Parliament yesterday that it's children from the most disadvantaged backgrounds. Are the, they're the ones who are going to suffer the most if we don't reopen schools again. Um, to give you some kind of context as to how serious this problem is, even before COVID-19 appeared, we had a lot of research evidence to show that disadvantaged pupils, so those from the most deprived backgrounds in the country, they left secondary school about 18 months behind their more affluent peers in terms of how much they've learned. That's on average 18 months behind. And if you think that's when that's about when schools are there and you've got teachers and you've got support and you've got counsellors and all those things are there for you. 
But if you take those things away, a lot of people are worried, David Blunkett, Gavin Williamson and lots of others, that that gap between the richest and the poorest pupils is going to get wider and wider and wider, which is why the government is so keen to get at least some schools open again. So why are the unions being... uh, I'm sorry, but uh, I'll I'll try and keep my uh, language under under some sort of control. Why are they being prats? Why are some of these people being idiots? Why are they doing everything they can? Why uh, Keir Starmer, who I think must be reasonably intelligent, why is he saying the rubbish he's been saying? So the union's argument is that what they're asking the government for is the scientific evidence to say that it's safe. Um, We've seen other countries already start to open some of their schools, as I'm sure you and your listeners will have seen. Uh, Denmark, they've had uh, some of their primary schools open for about a month now. In Germany, they've started reopening some of their schools as well. So we're seeing other countries do these things. But what the unions are saying is, hold on a second, we had the prime minister in the government saying just a few days ago that if you go on public transport, for example, you need to start wearing face masks. That's one of the new bits of advice we've, we've all been given. But the Department for Education is saying that actually we're going to reopen schools, but teachers don't need to worry about wearing a face mask and it will be fine. So don't worry about it. And we're not really sure we can keep everyone two metres apart in schools because obviously they're quite they're quite closed environments. And the, and the unions have turned around to the government and said, well, how, how can you show us that it's safe if you're saying we don't need face masks and there won't be social distancing at the same time as you're telling everybody else to wear face masks and maintain social distancing? Well, I've spoken to many uh, to, to, to many professors and doctors on this show who all think it's not really, you know, it might make you feel a little, little bit better, it might do something, but it's not really that crucial. And the teachers use the supermarkets, don't they? And they've got, you know, parents who, like, like they say, will have carers, so they're happy for other people to, to go to work. And that was one of the things that David Blunkett said today, is that ultimately this is a matter of risk. There, there is nothing in this country that is completely risk-free at the moment, but it does seem to be the case um, that children uh, are not as likely to get the disease. And also, there isn't much evidence at the moment that children can pass it on to adults. Um, so if you look at somewhere like Denmark, for example, which the government have said they're trying to follow what's happening in Denmark because Denmark reopened its primary schools last month. Yes, there's lots of social distancing, to be fair, um, and there's uh, mandatory hand washing, for example. So they're trying very hard to keep it clean. But since they reopened schools, the infection rate in Denmark has actually fallen over the last month. Now, we don't know how closely those two things are related, but again, you can see what the government's thinking. They're very worried about disadvantaged students falling further behind. They're Mm. seeing other countries open their primary schools, and there doesn't seem to be, at this early stage, a spike in infections. And so they're going, well, look, we should plan at least to get a few kids back in June. But the teaching unions and their members are obviously still very worried because the evidence is not completely clear. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, Sadiq Khan uh, said that uh, the Transport Authority had a legal duty to reduce bus and tube frequencies to save money if Downing Street failed to plug a multi-billion pound shortfall. I mean, what a stupid mm. thing to say. Mm. But anyway, let's talk to the most sensible uh, conservative uh, MP. Uh, my friend sent me a very nice uh, little tweet wishing me a happy birthday, by the way. Oh, that's very nice. What, I today? I one from Boris. We sent it yesterday on my birthday. Oh, right, yeah. very nice. Uh, Tom Tugendhat, uh, the MP for Tunbridge and Morling, a chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee. We welcome you. Uh, are you in the garden or where are you tonight? I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I, was, I had to be in Parliament today, so I'm walking now. 
uh, back towards, uh, back to, well, the first stage of my trip home. So there you go. Oh. How long does it take you to get home? An hour and a half. Mm. Yeah, really? it takes me about the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're going to um, walk there, of course it's going to take you an hour and a half. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> it's a, I should do it one day, actually. It'd probably take about a day, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's about, what, about 40 miles? Yeah, 30, 40 miles from where I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, OK, Tom, what do you think about this? Um, uh, is there is there no, no kind of help, product, um, positivity or anything coming from flipping Labour members of Parliament and supporters? Look, it, it, this is dark. This is, uh, you know, when Sadiq was elected, he claimed he was going to freeze tube fares. He didn't. He froze the, 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 the fares that you buy at the ticket box, but he put up the fares that Londoners use, which is travel cards. So, you know, effectively, he used Londoners to subsidise uh, the tourist economy, which is, you know, daft. And now he's worked out that, that cost him a lot of money and he can't pay for everything. Well, you know, this isn't really a great surprise to anybody else. But it seems to be a surprise to him. That's why we've got to get Sean Bailey elected as soon as possible. But he's using our lives. You know, we're the people that travel on it and he's using us as pawns in a political game. That's exactly right. He's, you know, I don't think he's going to end up doing it. Yeah. So he's... He's going to end up. Thank you, Ash. You're quite right. He's going to end up. <laughs> he's going to end up looking. He's going to end up looking daft because he can't do it. Because you know, it's just simply wrong to, to force people who are using buses and tubes and London. Look, and the reality is, is, as you and I, well, we all know now, people are not using buses to go to the theatre, to go to the pub, to go to the restaurant, to go to make. They're using public transport to go to do essential jobs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea that forcing people who are absolutely needed in our society, for all of us, by the way, not just because they're out, you know, mm. making a fiver extra, and forcing them into work conditions, it's really unfair. There needs to be more, not less. But is exactly. he, I mean, is he intelligent enough to run one of the biggest cities in the world? I'm, I'm slightly confused and concerned about all of this. Yeah, the problem is, James, this isn't, this isn't about intelligence, this is about cheap politics, and that's what, it, that's what he's doing. He's perfectly clever enough to know what he's doing. But he's quite well, maybe, happy to use people as pawns in a political game. Yeah, but maybe, you know, politics should be out the way for a minute and people should be doing what is best for the country. And uh, I don't see that. I mean, if, if people got better ideas of what we should be doing, put them forward. Put them forward to the government. He's meant to be looking Tell after them. Londoners and he's doing the opposite. He's endangering yeah. Londoners. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's why... What we've got to do is we've got to put a back, call him out for what he's doing and, and not be blackmailed. You know, of course we need to have more public transport. James, you and I have spoken about this a long time ago. And, yep. you know, we've spoken about buses around Kent. We've spoken about any number of different things where we need to invest, mm. right? So, you know, the argument about whether or not we need more investment in public transport, forget it. That one's already won. Everybody agrees on that. Now, the question here is whether or not you should use the people who live in London or people like many of the people I'm lucky enough to represent who have to go to London to do uh, their work, you know, doctors, teachers, whatever they happen to be, police officers, lucky enough to represent quite a lot of police officers, actually. And, yeah. you know, they, they need these transport links. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, Talk Club is the fastest growing men's mental fitness movement in the UK, with 20 six, uh, 26 uh, real-life groups meeting on a regular basis around the country and uh, a growing online network. Gavin Thorpe 
joins us now. Gavin, good evening to you. Hi, James. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm OK, mate. So what, what is this all about? Explain it to me. Well, Talk Club, um, it's, it, was, it started on Facebook, actually. It was a Facebook group that we started there. And it was just a way of, we just wanted to start something that was about mental fitness. Everything these days is about physical fitness. And we wanted to start something that was about mental fitness and about men getting together, talking, but more importantly as well, was listening. And that's the most important thing. And like what you just said about Fight Club, in Fight Club you don't talk about it. In Talk Club we want you to talk about it. It's the opposite. So do talk about Talk Club. Hang on, why are you doing it not specifically for men? Because the suicide rates in the UK are three quarters of suicide in this country are male. Um, every two hours, a man in this country takes his life. It's the biggest really? killer, isn't it, under a certain the age? Biggest, biggest killer 50. under 40. Like, most yeah. things are likely to kill me is me, yeah. statistically. Yeah. So that's why, and we get asked a lot because a lot of a lot of women go, oh, I want to, I want to start a talk club. One, it's because of the suicide rates are so high with men, three quarters of men. But secondly, women are really good at talking. They're really good at opening up and yeah, having yeah. conversations mm. and meeting. Men aren't, you know, they go to the pub, talk about the football, yeah. um, but they don't ever actually connect. And men will relate to other men rather than, you know, maybe, you know, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm. So yeah, what, so, Gavin? Have you have you had problems like this yourself? Is this why you feel so strongly? Um, I, uh, for me, I, I've always been quite an open person. Um, I'm actually trained to be a therapist as well at the moment as well. <laughs> so not only doing the music, starting talk club, I'm trained to be a therapist as well. So for me, trained to be a therapist, I'm used to talking and opening up. So it, it, that's important. But actually today is a poignant day because it was last April, about 20th of April, that I started talk club on Facebook. Mm. And then a couple of weeks later, which is obviously the 14th of May today, it's a year ago today. It's my friend's brother. He took his life a year ago today. Um, and so for me, that was the catalyst. When, when, when I heard about my friend's brother taking his mm. life, it, for me, it was like, we can't have this. This is, why, this, this. why do you think men uh, have this? I mean, it used to be women that were more likely to kill themselves. Um, and it's only, I believe, in the last 10, 15 years that it's swapped the other way. Why do you think that is? Um, I've, there's lots of different research into that. Um, I think maybe because of pressures, or I'm not sure about you know statistically why it's it's varied. For I'd say it's probably over 20 years, um, but um, for some reason men are just not holding their hands up and going. Do you know what? I'm, I need help. I need men don't do that. Though. It's like medical help as well. They often are. It, it, Exactly. Yeah, how, how, how many times do you go, well, I'll wait till I'm on death's door before I go to the yeah. doctor? It's the yeah. same with mental health. And it's the reason why I wrote the song Soul to Save, because yeah. it was about that. It's we've all got a soul. And at some point, we do need saving. And it's OK to just say, do you know what? I need, I need help. I need, I, need to, I need saving. You know, can you talk? Well, and it must have gone to a whole new level with the lockdown, I would have thought. Yeah, well, it's been, it's been, yeah, we've adapted. As I said, we've moved on to Zoom, which has been great. Um, that we've had a 30% increase on our Facebook talk club group and our website. Our website's had a huge boost of visitors coming to our website to check us out and see what it's about. We've noticed a big uh, jump in that. Um, and interestingly now, I don't know if you find this, but a lot of people are getting a bit fed up with Zoom. And um, 
it, mm. so that's the hard thing is people are going, I don't want to go on Zoom. I've, they really miss that connection with people. Yeah. So the yeah, Facebook yeah. group, yeah. I would say, has been the most important thing. We Today we've had posts of people coming on there and just going, because we do a number system, you see where we say, how are you out of 10? 10 being the highest one being the worst. So if I said to you, James, what would be your number today? What would you, what would you say you are out of 10 today? Oh, I should think about four or five. Four or five? Mm. And what would be your headline with that? What would be your... Why would you say you're a four or five? Oh, I'm bored. Yeah. Fed up. <laughs> Getting old. What else? Getting what? old. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> listen, we're going we're gonna to play uh, Soul to Save. And right. uh, where can they find out more about this? What is your, uh, your website address? Well, yeah, we're, if you go to wetalkclub.com, wetalkclub.com, there's a big banner that says Out Now, and you'll see the single there. And there's also a brilliant um, animated film we had done this week by the amazing Jess Jenkins, uh, which tells you all about what Talk Club is and how a Talk Club session works. Mm. Uh, Singer-songwriter Gavin Thorpe, who's come up with the idea of Talk Club. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Britain feels broken, but how do we fix it? Westminster just doesn't seem to have the answers, but we have found some people who do. Join me, journalist Becca Hudson. And me, the former MP Ed Vasey, for How I'd Fix. From the price of a pint to the housing crisis, this is the show where we take an alternative look at the problems plaguing the nation. And hear practical solutions from those in the know. Catch new episodes of How I'd Fix wherever you get your podcasts. Rebuilding Britain starts here.